and welcome to White Dwarf Presents The Brazen Broadcast, a free podcast that'll be worth about 150 quid in 20 years' time. My name is Oximandeus, and with me today, I have Reva. Hey, guys. I have Michael X. Hey, guys. And I have Chitskoy. Hi, everyone. And now behind the scenes, we also have two of our silent partners. We ha- now have an editing team at the Brazen Broadcast. So welcoming um, King Cobra to the team and also welcoming Lake Tide Miniatures to the team who are giving us a massive, massive amount of help with the audio and video editing. Thank you so much, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we're going to be talking about a few different things today, guys. We're going to be talking about um, the Community Awards for 2021 House Dwarfs Online Community Awards, talking about the awards, talking about who won them, and going into a little bit of detail about these users. And also, we're going to be talking about um, an idea that has really captured the imagination of the users of Chaos Dwarf Online, the battle against the grey. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit more detail in just a bit. Start off, um, let's just catch up with the audience, guys. Let's just talk a little bit about what we've been up to and uh, what we've been doing. Um, I'll start. I've I've been um, working really really hard recently on getting a uh, Necromunda Ash Wastes um, gang together, because my gaming group had a Necromunda campaign uh, a year or two ago, which was absolutely fantastic, and we got together and we've decided to give it another go to have another campaign Necromunda. And as a bit of a twist, we thought let's not set this one in the Underhive. Let's do something really out there, really different, and make it set outside of the Underhive, out in the Ash Wastes, because there's been so little lore about that place, there's been so little material over the years, and we can really make it our own. We decided that, and then about a month later, Games Workshop has announced that they are now bringing out Necromunda, the Ash Wastes game. So the hobby hipster in me is, is really, really fighting the urge to throw my toys out of the pram and say, nah, this is far too mainstream for a cool kid like me. I don't want to play anymore. But I'm going to grin and bear it. We're going to make our Ash Wastes, and it's going to be a better Ash Wastes. So we've got about six gamers involved with this now, some of them using normal house gangs, some of them using Outlander gangs, and some of us using specific Ash Wastes gangs, like uh, the Ash Wastes Nomads and the Bounty Hunters and stuff. And and that's something I've been painting up uh, recently is my little gang for that, mostly using uh, Mordian Iron Guard models and a couple of other random Imperial models as well. Trying to get my guys to look like the kind of civilized ones out in the wastes compared to all the, the scummers and mutants and stuff they're going to be fighting. That's been a fun project so far. And let's uh, let's let's catch up with everyone else. Uh, what have we been up to, guys? Um, let's start with you, Michael. Michael, what have you been up to, mate? Um, well, quite a lot actually. Um, for starters, I have printed and assembled a huge model for the, the Golden Hat, uh, which was very well, it was a lot of fun, but also a lot of work and mostly a lot of sanding and green stuff in which I didn't expect for a print model, but well, <laughs> there it is. Um, I've been doing some redecorating and tweaking of the discourse, which some of you might have noticed uh, or even suggested. Well, I mean, we're not going to go into it, but a lot of effort has gone into planning and, and uh, making Badgy, you know, a bit more easy to use on the forum. So that's also one of the things. Uh, let's not forget the whole Chaos Dwarf offline meetup in a, in a few months, uh, which Absolutely. was a lot of work. Um, well, and then other than that, just painting as much as I can. So busy few weeks, actually. 
nice one because this this golden hat obviously that you're building towards is such an open competition as well isn't it this this golden hat is just make what you want create what you want as long as it's uh related to chaos dwarfs so yeah, yeah i too have built mine as of yesterday but uh, like you it's, it was a little bit more work than i thought it was going to be a bit more ambitious and i realized when i first started i'm hoping i'm hoping painting it won't be as difficult as building it was <laughs> well thankfully i'm uh about well let's say 85 to 90 percent done on the painting part so it's nice. just detail and varnish and picture time which was probably a lot of work as well because you know everyone's a critic awesome awesome um and let's catch up with chit square chit square what have you been up to mate yeah i i mean i guess it's um <clears throat> it's traditional for me to comment on writing at the beginning of these right and unlike most months i have posted uh three or four new parts to among the wicked dawi um which is really moving through into some pretty deep comparative theology talking about hasha and the green skin gods after the plot arc that dealt with the hobgoblins now we're looking more at the goblin slaves themselves and the theology there um but don't worry if you are a fan then we will be getting on to like proper intensive chaos dwarf slave trading very very soon um just as soon as i get a chance to post some more um at the same time as that also raul gomez who you know his name is spelled as it sounds r-a-u-l-g-o-m-e-s is an incredibly talented chaos dwarf artist um, he's also a tattoo artist, but I don't think that's relevant to most people listening to this. Uh, you should definitely check out his work on Facebook, Instagram. He's been doing some art for Among the Wicked Dawi. The first piece has been posted on the forum. Um, really atmospheric, dramatic piece with Sorcerer Prophet looking out over a volcano um, from his Sorcerer's Tower, which I think is, is really evocative and reminds me of those pieces that... Um... Um, but in particular, it's going to be my first time playing 8th edition, um, which is going to take some learning. But, you know, we're all going to be learning together. So I'm optimistic about that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be joined by one other um, friend from the forum as well. But if you are in the UK and you are in the southeast region, do just send us a, a private message and maybe we can find some time to meet up later on in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd say you'd be benefiting from my experience, Chits, except... I haven't really got any. So we'll both be learning it together. We'll be working it out. That's the best, isn't it? And then Michael can just absolutely demolish us when we go over to Holland later. Oh, I know exactly what it's going to be. Michael's going to be this smiling assassin. He's going to actually have like a horrible face melting, like a net list optimized for tournaments. I can see it now. Because you do play quite a lot of eight, don't you, Mike? Well, that's, rel- that's, that's a relative question. I mean, I only play eight, but I don't play a lot. Like, it's been um since since COVID hit it's been one game so i mean i'm I'm rusty i'm getting rusty yeah yeah see the thing is i play a lot like i i will war game uh, normally once a week sometimes a little bit more but problem is i've got is that i play so many different systems that i struggle to keep them all in my head so i'm a proper jack of all trades a master of none when it comes to gaming mm. be interesting right Reva, what have you been up to, mate? Well, uh, pretty much been trying to get my undead project off the ground. Uh, started that kind of over 
Christmas break and tried to carry that into this year. Been painting a lot of the various fun models that people may have read about that I acquired at the end of last year, and it's been different. Uh, it's it's a it's new colors. Um, colors are new to me, so using using them is is something. Um, it's it's been a good change of pace. Uh, having a lot of fun trying to play around with some of Zod, uh, Zod's color schemes or e even just in a small amount. So that's been mostly what I'm looking to do. Um, finished a couple of units so far, working on zombies and crypt ghouls coming up. So this, yeah, it's been mostly that, trying to kick through a couple of things like the Golden Hat, just like Michael mentioned, although my project is a much smaller endeavor, I think, but something I've been meaning to do for a while. So looking forward to finishing that up. Uh, yeah, that and Bloodborne. You guys are gonna probably hear about that for another several months till I finish. Is, Bloodborne is just like the default answer. There's always Bloodborne in the background. Yep, probably like these are these undead miniatures, though, mate, have been absolutely inspiring. I've been like uh, just seeing the classic, classic sculpts that you've managed to get your hands on has has sent me into a bit of a fit of of googling old undead stuff and making plans that would definitely ruin any any potential bat g success yeah i'm lucky that they came in bulk and and all at once i i, I don't i don't really have any desire for more right now which is which is good uh, yeah. i have a lot to wade through and i skeletons are probably the, oh sorry talk to oh, no. go ahead go ahead i mean skeletons are probably one of the easiest things to paint for a bat g so i mean they must be yeah it's, it's a pretty neat way to like get astronomically high numbers without <laughs> actually painting like 300 actual models yeah and especially that generation of skeletons because the modern sculpts are beautiful but they have such detail you know they've got like uh, plates of armor and old rags and all that kind of stuff um whereas skeletons from that era they are just running around naked aren't they even the horses like if you're painting a skeleton on a horse you could just paint that all in one spray wash highlight if you're feeling generous done <laughs> yeah easy easy you get a bit of skeleton wash contrast paint what do they call it skeleton horde contrast paint that's it dry brush it with a bit of wraith bone or something afterwards or highlight it up or whatever you are literally done and it will look great it would almost be a waste of time spending hours and hours and hours on them because it won't look any different <laughs> yeah it's about what i did didn't use contrast paint but yeah the uh i did the cab first which surprised myself because i thought they were the least interesting things in the whole box but mm -hmm. good ske good scheme tester and yeah they were fast did the dry brushing approach pretty much yeah and you can insert personality through the shields can't you because you give them a nice flat shield you can start having little color pops and stuff then as well yep. yeah and i noticed as well from some of the whips you were sharing you're doing interesting things with the bases as you tend to as well which again adds a bit more visual interest to quite samey models nice one all right, I think that's all of us just about caught up, gentlemen. So we should, without any further hesitation, go on to talking about the uh, Community Awards 2021. So a little bit of history. The Community Awards was something that was used on the original Chaos Dwarfs online forum, um, and it's something that had just fallen by the wayside over the years, and we've had quite a lot of new staff join, and a few of us just thought it would be a nice idea for us to kind of bring this back to have some kind of way of recognizing the contributions and the achievements of people on the Chaos Dwarf online forum. Because 
nobody in CDO is getting paid. This is nobody's job. This is all hobby. This is all done for love. This is all done for the community. And it's a really nice excuse for us to kind of celebrate what people are doing on our website. Now, to keep things um, as simple as possible, we just came up with a handful of categories that users could be voted and nom could be nominated and voted in. And we just let the community decide. We said, these are the categories. We had the best new user, as in a user who had joined that year, the best new blog, so a blog that had started that year, above and beyond, so a user of the website who did more than was ever expected of them, the best hobby blog, which is pretty self-explanatory, the best hobby blog on the website showcasing Chaos Dwarfs content, and then the best overall user for the person that's kind of the heart and soul of Chaos Dwarfs online. Um, and we had loads and loads and loads of votes come in, and some of the categories were so tight. There was one category, because I had the job accounting the votes, there was one category that was a three or four-way tie until the day before the votes came in, and then one person became the clear winner after that. It was very, very nearly a three or four-way tie in that category. But I think we should just go through the categories, gents, and I'll explain who's won it, and we can talk about why that person's awesome and what it is they've achieved and what it is they've done. Sounds good. So the first category was the best new user. So this was a category specifically for somebody who had joined the website within the last 12 months and had contributed an awful lot in that time. And the first uh, place in, in, that, uh, in that category was Stumpy. So Stumpy is a really recent joiner to our community. His positivity, his encouragement, his engagement has already marked him for Chaos Dwarf greatness. He's been, con he's been contributing um, an awful lot of writing and artwork to the website. And most importantly, he's just been a positive voice on the website, a very encouraging guy, a person who's joined in with the discussions and is just genuinely well thought of and very nice. What do we have to say about Stumpy winning this, uh, this part of the competition, gents? I'd say one thing, and he really leaped into the Discord headfirst and has just really been somebody who's, you know, always there providing positivity on what whatever people post could be writing, uh, which he then delved into himself or, or any of the painted miniatures. He's always quick to comment. Um, so, you know, brand new to the to the discord. He really just kind of took it and ran, which I think was really cool to see. One of the things that really surprised me, uh, there was there, there's a thread, uh, I believe, Oxy, you might have started. Actually, it's the, the Renegades Culture Project. Yes, right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I was not uh, following that necessarily. Uh, I was, I want to say, like hundreds of messages behind, perhaps, in that thread on the discourse. <laughs> and uh, I got a tag in it, and I was like, okay, like, I'll pop in there. And then there was just like this ongoing conversation about the nature of Walhoot in Renegade culture, and uh, and Stumpy was just like bringing me into the conversation as like a a reference point to 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 put Walhoot, you know, in the cultural map. And uh, I was just like, man, this is more than I would ever have expected fr from anyone. <laughs> and he had gone and written his own ideas and he was, yeah. uh, you know, bouncing stuff off of me. And, and I was just like, this, this is more than this initial joke ever deserved. And I just want you to run with it. Like, you don't need to bounce stuff off of me. Just like this is it's just amazing what he, he was able to just kind of latch his claws into and, and uh, you know, kind of start setting a stake on things he was interested in uh, in the community which i think is awesome definitely definitely 
that's that's a project I need to go back to. That's gone a little bit quiet, the Chaos Dwarf Renegade project, but uh, some really fun ideas coming out of that. For, for users that aren't aware, that, that whole project is um, the idea that the Chaos Dwarfs of Zarnagrund have had, not a lot, but have had a little bit of um, background and lore over the years. And our user base has often filled in the blanks and kind of uh, joined the dots and made them have a fully fleshed out culture. But the old Chaos Dwarf Renegades from 3rd edition, the, the kind of the Helms, have never really had extended backgrounds. So what we're doing on that thread is we are uh, accumulating everything that was written at the time about those Chaos Dwarfs and trying to fill in the blanks ourselves and create a fully fleshed out culture for Chaos Dwarfs that are not from Zarnagrun, so are not necessarily even um, Hashet uh, followers. They might be followers of one of the other uh, Chaos Gods. And uh, yeah, more than a small amount of Walhut um, humour has slipped into it, and quite frankly, I love that. I think that's brilliant. If we want to say the ones with helmets uh, worship the giant walrus, I'm, I'm more than happy for that to be the case. <laughs> I think one of the great things about Stumpy is that he doesn't actually come from a tabletop gaming background. And his interest in the whole thing is something that's rooted in Total War Warhammer, which is definitely the future of the, the Warhammer fantasy fandom in general. Um, and, you know, i got to be really honest with you, man. That's not a community with a great reputation, you know? Online gaming is a place where a certain level of toxicity is so completely normalised sometimes we have those guys pile in when there's new total war warhammer news etc and the tone just feels so alien to the way that we talk about stuff and collaborate on things and like listen to yeah. each other's opinions and allow each other to have different opinions or preferences and stuff most of us um <laughs> and and stumpy fits straight into that culture and is like probably acknowledged by most people at this point given that he won the award as being like someone who just it seems so natural to him you know what i mean just to be positive and to include people and to when he's having a good time bring other people into that good time if he reads something that you've written or looks at something that you've done he'll write really effusive compliments and i think that kind of positivity is rare on the internet these days you know i mean just talking about stumpy he doesn't even feel like a new member he feels like yeah. he's been here forever definitely i've uh talked to him quite a bit on the discord actually um and i mean for a guy that doesn't own a single well by now he does but for the longest time didn't own a single warhammer or whatever model he's uh he's pretty diehard getting into it i have to say <laughs> so he's a nice guy he's always positive that's that's i mean at this point i think he's one of the most consistently positive guys on the whole discord server yeah yeah yeah. Also, he's always there, like middle of the night. Stumpy's online. Middle of his night, I mean, not middle of the night. I was going to say, yeah, because he has the whole time zone thing compared to, especially us Europeans. He's really on the other side of the world to us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Happy he got his microphone fixed for the Discord sessions, though. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Just all in all, like a very, very well deserved, a well deserved uh, prize there. Yeah, I think, you know, if anyone deserves it, it was Stumpy because as, as as you guys have all pointed out, it feels like he's been here from day one. And 
he has just added to the positivity. We often talk about the positivity on Cast Dwarfs Online, and Chits is right. That is actually so rare on the internet. It really, really is. But we really do have such a positive, positive community, and he's fit right into that and added to that. We have such a positive community that when somebody does step outside of that and doesn't act in the way that we uh, we all tend to act, it sticks out like a sore thumb and has us all rather confused. Exactly. Uh, I mean, probably... oh, sorry, that, Michael. That said, I mean, he's a he's a good candidate for it, but it was a really hard choice, though. I mean, there were so many new users that are um, active on the forum or or Discord or both. So for me, at least, I mean, he deserves it more than anyone, in my opinion. But he's not the only one that deserved it. It, it was a tough choice to make, in my, for me uh, anyway. It definitely was. This is the category that I was speaking about where it was a three or four way tie until the last moment. There were, there were quite a few people that were going to get this award altogether. It was very, very close. It was, there was literally one vote in it at the end. I mean, this does speak for like, the efficiency of, of our um, you know, campaigning for new members and, and recruitment and stuff like that. The fact that we even have more than a few members to choose from in this year, we, I mean, that's a, that's a huge win for the forum anyway. Absolutely, yeah. We've got a load of new members, and we haven't got a load of new members that are just lurking in the background. I mean, we do have a load of new members lurking in the background, and good luck to them. They're allowed to lurk. But we also have a lot of new members who have actually really joined and added to the discussion. It's awesome. And I mean, maybe we should say as well, this is by the standards of the podcast this is a very inside baseball episode of the podcast right not just this topic but the one we're going to talk about later but if you are a lurker and i know there are hundreds and hundreds of lurkers listening to this now just remember just dip your toes into the discord maybe post one or two things on the discourse and you're going to find people are going to be so positive and undemanding and supportive and willing to introduce you to staff or answer questions or just generally have a good time you shouldn't hesitate you're more than welcome to lurk all of those people who are new users were lurkers once just like me and jack and everyone else mm -hmm. and they're happy they took the plunge so think about it couldn't agree more with that sentiment absolutely shall we shall we plow on to the next uh the next category yes so the next category was for the best new blog. So when we say blog here, we're not talking about an off-topic blog. We're talking about specifically a Chaos Dwarf or their allies like Hobgoblins and stuff focused hobby blog. And the winner of the best new blog was Bessron. Bessron, he has a blog called Small Steps to a Chaos Dwarf Army, and it has just absolutely wowed the community. It kind of like it came out of nowhere as an almost fully formed idea with amazing top quality miniatures being posted in it straight away with just like the most beautiful, beautiful color scheme. Having these cows dwarfs rendered in a kind of like a turquoisey blue sort of color as opposed to the, the reds and blacks and golds that you might naturally associate them with. Um, and his blog combines a lot of different Chaos Dwarf manufacturers. You'll you see like old big hat models working alongside um, Lost Kingdom models as, as, as well. But um, yeah, really, really beautiful stuff. We, we're flashing up on the screen some of the images of some of his work. But uh, yeah, who wants to kick off and talk about um, Bestron's blog, about what he's been creating? I mean, I, I saw his blog on Instagram before he joined and 
I mean, the in, the moment I saw the first picture of of one of his models, I just hoped there was more for more of the same on his on his Instagram. Uh, and I started browsing. And I was like, we have to get a blog of this on the discourse. So yeah. I contacted him, and I, we started chatting a bit. Send him an invite, and he joined. So I was very happy. And then he posts like the mother of all new blogs. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what a new. What, the quality of those paint jobs is just outstanding. And I mean, it's not that he just, you know, posted a lot of backlog. He's like continuing to post high uh, quality model after high quality model. It's it's just very, very deserved. Well, I, I love the paint job. This this forum has like converted me to pastels. I love it. So he He's originally an Instagram uh, blogger. So did he discover us through the Cows Dwarfs online Instagram account that yourself and Eddie manage? Um, well, I hope I remember this correctly, but I think either he commented on something or we commented on something of his, uh, we being me and Eddie. Um, and I don't know for sure if I just picked up a conversation between Eddie and him and just like dropped in a link or, um, to be honest, I, I completely forgot, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure that we uh, met him through Instagram. Well, 100% sure about that. If not, well, feel free to correct me, uh. <laughs> on the forum <laughs> I, I hope i'm correct but i'm pretty sure i am um yeah i would say one of the things that i've been really really impressed with his blog and it's something i alluded to kind of in my introduction to him is that um he's very open-minded about the cow's dwarf miniatures that he uses he's not gone i'm going pure classic or i'm going pure new he's he's making both of those work alongside each other and i think for me especially the classic big hats it's so refreshing to see them in a different light, to see them portrayed in a different way. I think that color scheme is just absolutely, absolutely outstanding. I definitely think that um, <clears throat> freshness is the reason why when everyone came to look back over the, the people who got nominated, his blog was just so memorable. Yeah. Um, in that kind of context, you know, I can see why everyone, and I think myself included, I can't remember, flock back to vote for him because it was one of those things where it was like there have been some fantastic new blogs this year but this is a blog that challenged the veterans to think differently about the painting they were doing and that's not something that you know everyone like with me starting out posting my stupid little stuff like it's fun but it's not something that is going to get everyone at every level of the hobby to step back and say, okay, maybe I could use a different color scheme. Maybe there's a whole different palette I can use. And that's just a very valuable thing. Yeah. Yeah. To have a, to have an original take on something that's been around for 30 plus years. That's impressive, isn't it? It is. I mean, it is when it's done well, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You are right. You are right. He could have picked that color scheme and done an absolutely shocking job and we wouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> It's not like this is an unoriginal place, right? The reason why the dominant Chaos Dwarf palette is the reds and the golds and everything is that's really beautiful. All the artwork shows you how to do it. Um, you know, all the photos from the 90s show you how to do it. There are other people who have broken new ground in that way, and they didn't have new blogs this year. But like Grask is a classic example of someone who who does things with color schemes that, that are not, you know, completely normal. I think the distinction here is that this one just kind of hit everyone like a bolt from the blue. He also does take really nice pictures um, and and has shown even improvement on that from when he first started and posted a bunch of pictures. But if you scroll down through the end, especially looking at one of his uh, 
golden hat entries, which was a hobgoblin that came out uh, really amazing. I'm not even sure if uh, I might have been one of the ones that voted for it. It's a really cool, uh, a really cool miniature. Um, but even as you scroll down through that, he takes really, really nice pictures of, of the models, his bull centaurs uh, and uh, and the magma cannon and, and the more recent Lost Kingdom miniatures that he's shared. So at that it's well polished. He sh shares a lot of work in progress, uh, which is something I like to see at least. So it just like it checks so many boxes and it really uh yeah it stands out amongst uh amongst the new ones and and old blogs so it's one of those that will definitely uh definitely challenge um anything for uh best blogs on the site and he's cranking these out at a good pace so he's uh, already down into like 110 posts on that on that block in one year which is amazing that's such an underrated skill as well photographing your miniature as well because I've had miniatures that I've painted before and been really, really proud of the paint jobs. And if I've not taken a good photograph of them, I look back at it and it just doesn't, it doesn't show it in its best light. And it actually kind of makes what you've done not sing. It makes what you've done look, look nowhere near as good as what it actually is. <laughs> On the flip side, I've done some paint jobs in the past that I have found particularly mediocre and rushed, but I've got the lighting just right when I've taken a photograph and all of a sudden it looks the bollocks. <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely a, there's definitely an extra skill in blogging miniatures about how to get the best out of what you've created with your photography. This wouldn't have been available at, at the time of voting, so it was uh, this month. But uh, the the magma cannon that he just posted is just it, absolutely stunning pictures of it. Really, I mean it's 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 well painted, obviously, but he took some really nice photos. Uh, and it, it's such a cool uh, model, the Legion of Asgore magma cannon. He's really just done it justice all the way through to the end. Nice. Let's see if we can get it up on the screen for our YouTube listeners to to check out as well. Yeah, an absolutely beautiful piece there. So cool. Okay, let us move on to the next category. So the next category was above and beyond. So the above and beyond category was all about everyone gives up free time for Cast Dwarfs Online. Well, everyone who's involved. And that free time could be as small as every now and then going on the website and posting some comments on people's blogs, sending out some likes, having a discussion. And it can go all the way up to giving up an awful lot of your free time uh, to, to help the website, to help the users, and to help the community. And in the above and beyond category, there were, um, I was counting the votes, there was less spread of people voted for. There was only actually about three or four people who got the vast majority of the votes, um, which I think does make sense because this was for people who have done particularly large amounts for our community. And would you believe... I'm surprised it was that many. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I won't be naming names, but there was, there was three very close ones and there was a fourth one who... It was a contender, but was never gonna was never gonna get that one out in the end. But um, yeah, but the the winner of this um the winner of this part of the competition was the podcast's very own Michael X. So, do you want to do a, an acceptance speech? Do you want to like thank the academy or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very grateful, and um, I mean it's it's always nice to get some recognition for the amount of work you've put in. Um. I'd still do it again, you know, even without the rewards. And as I've said to you before, there there are a few others that put like in my in my perspective equally amounts of work in it. Um, 
but yeah, I'm happy to be, be voted for, so that's nice. No, and I'd say it was absolutely deserved, Michael. For those that are maybe a little bit more casually involved in the community, might not be fully aware of everything that Michael actually does for um, our community. It's not just the fact that he helps out as a, as a podcast um, collaborator and he's helped out with an awful lot of the editing of podcasts and stuff in the past as well with the videos and that. He also um, co-edits the, uh, the zine that we put out with, with myself um, and he's also contributed plenty of articles and material um, um, towards that zine. On top of this, Michael uses um, his skills in uh, his, his background in computing to really help run the, the technical side of the website. An awful lot of stuff that people at a casual glance might not even know is happening, but is happening to make sure that the website is continuously updated. If there are any technical glitches or issues or things aren't displaying in a way that they should, he's there to fix that. If people have suggestions for how the website could, could be presented better, and as a community we decide to do that, Michael's the guy who's who's going off and he's doing that. On top of this, Michael um, has has contributed so much to the 3D printing area of our community. So we have a whole section of a Discord where uh, people who are getting into 3D printing can come and ask for advice. And Michael's got a lot of uh, experience now in 3D printing, all self-taught stuff. And he passes on that wisdom to make sure you know, we don't repeat the mistakes that he probably once made and that we get a little bit of a, a head start because, you know, we can all Google things and, you know, it's always best to Google something before asking for help. But getting that 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 one-on-one -on -one advice where saying, oh, no, don't do it like this, do it like that. I mean, Michael, you you spoke me through fixing my 3D printer just the other day when uh, I had to replace the screen on it and stuff. And uh, I think I may well have been able to have done that but I tell you what, I would have made an awful lot more mistakes doing it on my own. There was that one step where I very nearly pulled off the uh, the polarised film on the back of the screen. I totally would have gone ahead and done that and would have had to have bought a new one had you not have gone, by the way, don't peel that part off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's very, very painful <laughs> experience I went through. Uh, let's just, you know, put in the screen real quick. And then, like, one of the steps is peel off all the foil and, well, fuck, the screen doesn't work anymore. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, you're a massive support to me there, and you've been a massive support to the whole community with, with the stuff that you've been doing there. Um, I'm probably missing something out, Michael. You yeah, do well, so, so, so much for us. I think, I think the thing... one pretty on huge thing. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about it, shit. What am I missing out, pal? Well, in any other year, right... I would have said this category would probably be pretty open with a number of the people on this call, right? I think what Michael did this year that makes me surprised that anyone really voted for anyone else, and I include... Just remembered what it is. <laughs> is that Michael wrote code that automated the upload of... Is it 10 years, Michael? Um, more is like... Well, maybe just a bit more. In 10, that area. 12, 15 years worth of Chaos Dwarf online posting and history, going all the way back to the inception of the predecessor forum, which is now a bot-filled, spam-infested dumping ground, and retrieved with that the names and posts, you know, a decade of images and pictures that were hosted on the previous solution that allow Chaos Dwarf online grogs and new fans alike to look at 
all of the paint schemes and all of the rules and army lists and all of the stupid arguments from that whole decade of content and for us to just not lose it on the new clean happy discourse server and i think yeah that that can't be equaled in any other year by any other single action because everyone else is operating within their context of that year but that was a decade of stuff that was just going to disappear without michael and now we have it forever or for as long as we last yeah absolutely that's something that as well early days because i i was involved in the early days of moving over to new forum and i remember the discussions being like how are we going to get the best content from the old forum over and all the discussions were around manually doing it now manually moving that over I think would actually be Herculean. I think that would actually be bordering the impossible for people to actually organise. At a push, you could have cherry-picked the very best ideas from the original website and uh, and moved them over, perhaps. But still, even that would have taken an awful lot of time and energy and manpower from lots and lots of different people. What Michael's done is he's put in the hours with what he's an expert at, and, yeah, he's allowed now all of us to enjoy... 10 years plus worth of of hobby ideas and uh and lots and lots of old stuff from the forum it's so cool seeing people who you know from the forum and seeing what they were doing 10 years ago in in their hobby and their work and some of those old ideas you know like some of the some of the old sculpting tutorials and stuff so much good stuff oh and of course every now and then there's an argument from 10 years ago which is fantastic there's no there's no fun like old internet drama to go to go reading through. It's always a good luck. internet girlfriend um uh series yeah. of deeply questionable personal health disclosures all <laughs> sorts of shit we brought all of it and you know someday some historian is going to be very thankful for that as they write their doctoral dissertation on online culture of the early 2000s <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think the best part of having the archive on the forum is that if you just search for something you get like so many hits from the archive yeah. Um, and and before, I mean, the, the old forum or the new forum before the old forum was moved over was already pretty. You know, there was a lot of stuff on there, but now it's just it's it's such a wealth of information that I, I think that in, in itself is just a great um, advantage to have it on the forum. So yeah. could you could you tell us a little bit about the experience of doing it, Michael? Like because. I think one of the reasons why everyone found it so easy to vote for you with such a huge margin is because ultimately you made it completely seamless for us and it didn't really disrupt what we were doing as we went about our normal forum business, right? And so how did it feel? What was it like? What were the concerns? What were the, you know, what was the the moment where you really cracked it, you know? Well, I mean, we've been talking about this for quite a while, even before I was made staff and, and whatnot. Um, and I had some ideas, but actually it, it really started very soon after I got uh, promoted to stuff, um, as I saw a way to um, write software that can talk to Discourse. Um, so at some point we started talking to Xander uh, about, you know, getting access to the old form because I didn't have it because I wasn't a staff member back then. Um, and, and that's basically, you know, how we got rolling. It's, it's, I literally did what I do for a job, like on a daily basis, but then, you know, as a hobby. Um, and at some point the only concern was speed, 
because I actually wrote uh, two versions of the software. Uh, the first one was relatively slow. I mean, compared to human, it was lightning fast, but you know, compared to the second version, the first version took about seven to nine seconds per post on average. Um, which, I mean, if you compare that to a human, you know, no, no, no human can do seven seconds a post. Um, but I would have taken like, if I remember correctly, like some somewhere around 30 days, 24 seven working, which, well, <laughs> let's be honest, it didn't work. It didn't run 24 seven due to, you know, exceptions and whatnot. So it crashed from time to time. So in, in truth, it would have been like maybe two months of, of continuous transferring. Um, and then at some point I, I tried to change some small thing and I completely fucked up and, and had to start over, um, which gave me a bolt of inspiration, kind of similar to what, what happened with the S-Scan and where I dropped it and then, you know, decided to fix some stuff I was hesitant to fix. Uh, same happened here. I, I deleted something and I had to start over and did some, uh, upgrades on the source code and it dropped to like two seconds of post, which caused it to complete in well, I mean, like just over 10 days or something, I believe. Um, and the reason it was it was seamless is because I had like God mode um, access to discourse. Like I could just post in the name of everyone on the forum. If you had an account anyway. Um, so yeah, I just started creating posts in your name, <laughs> which I mean, I think that was the most scary part for me where someone would be like, yeah, I don't want you to like post in my user account or as my user account. But well, everyone was pretty excited about it in the end. So, well, I mean, let's just let's just dwell on that for a second. You automated it so well that users who had come from the old forum with the same name and in some cases with different names, if they told you about it got all of their posts assigned to their user account so they could see their entire posting history without having to press a button essentially which yeah. i think is and then anyone who didn't come across they just have a system post but it, it has the name against it so you okay. can see immediately how all of the old members of the forum were just going to vote for you straight away because you gave them back their whole memory and history of all this community they've been involved in this whole time. Yeah, and, and I mean, it was actually quite a fun project to do just because of, well, you guys, to be honest. Um, also, because for me, like we, we've said this a lot, like I, I haven't really lurked. I saw the old forum and I was like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to join a forum that looks like it died in 2000s, like style wise, you know, it, it just felt very old, kind of prejudiced against that kind of forum. Um, but then I did like the content it had. So for me, it was also a way to, you know, use all that old stuff and, and see it in a new way, in the new form, because I love discourse. It's just very, it's, it's great software. Um, so there was a bit of a selfish reason for me to do it as well. Um, but, but that said, I mean, hearing you guys enjoy it and, and see how much you love seeing the old stuff just motivated me to do it anyway. Um, and and to be fair, I'm considering, well, sort of considering if we should also do the the wiki, uh, if we if we should try to bring it on the discourse itself instead of on the old, well, wiki whatever it is. Um, but that's even a bit more complex than than the old forum because there's a lot of sub references and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it might happen, it might not. It depends on the mood, I guess. 
what you're saying is your conspiracy to win this award two years in a row has already kicked into high gear because if that's the case uh, i'm not fucking setting up any more shit with youtubers if i can't win an award for it what's the point well to be honest i don't think porting the the the, the wiki over would win me quite as much favor okay, with, okay. with most of the guys than what i did before so yeah it's true also i mean i don't mind having a rule that you can't win twice in the same year or in, in two years um yeah, perhaps, or maybe not the same category twice. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Give schmucks like me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael, just one thing on, well, two things, actually. It has added so much value to the search function. I know you mentioned it, but like just to echo that, I have had countless instances where somebody relatively new has asked me some question that I have some amount of adjacent knowledge to, and then usually they ask or I'm like, you know, some reply in it where they ask me the question because they may have heard me on the Discord or whatever. But I, I pull up the search and one of the posts in that search is probably one of the ones that I was looking for, like my own. And then it's like eight archive posts where everything that I was going to bring up is more fleshed out and better documented. And I'm just like, well, here's like eight links. And then here's also the the one that I did, but like, just look at the archive ones. They're way better. And it's, it's happened with, uh, with Vince, um, a couple of times maybe where it's just like looking at past conversions and past sculpting tutorials that just come up. Like I searched rivets in, in the, in the forum. And it was like, well, here's like 18 different ways to do rivets. So it's just, it adds so much to have that, have that there for, for both the old users that, you know, want to see it again, and and for the new people that have such easy access now to all that information. Yeah, and that content is so good as well because the early forum was such a creative place where people were. We can take for granted what Caster Wolf collecting is like now because manufacturers like Lost Kingdom and Russian Alternative and stuff. You know, people have sensed that there's a gap in the market and they've filled it and. You could be totally not into converting and sculpting and stuff and have a very nice Chaos Dwarf army now. But those guys, when they were first doing it, there was there was very, very little else. You you kind of if you wanted Chaos Dwarfs, you had to make them yourself. And I'm so glad we haven't lost that knowledge because there's so many cool ways of making Chaos Dwarfs, but so many just cool applicable ways of sculpting and, 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 and just general creativity there. It's brilliant. Yeah, you just you just reminded me that the other instance I, other than rivets, was somebody asked me, you know, looking for Hell Cannon crew inspired uh, dwarf conversions into Chaos Dwarfs, and I was like, holy, do we have some posts for you? And it's like all of Xander's videos of yeah. how to how to on converting Battle for Skull Pass. It's like just like you've got like twenty hours of tutorials to watch, but. <laughs> And it's all just exactly like, was so good at documenting that stuff, wasn't he? Yeah, it's and it's excellent just to all have it nicely in one place and, yeah. and queryable, and to have it be something you can, you know, hyperlink across posts. So like, if somebody's talking about it, it's very clear. Like you can tie it to the archive. It's all just very seamless. And and the the number of like a Michael, I know you had a bug thread on the archive transfer, and it's like I don't know, maybe like fifteen posts of actual bugs. Like there's nothing in it, and it's it's usually just like the um, like the name 
your your name associator uh you know getting something slightly too close or or, or vice versa and it's like the, the things that are in that are just minor like non-issues i mean i i think you know most people are just happy to have it on the forum that they just overlook the small errors because there are some um mostly due to convergence or not convergence like uh, uh, um custom stuff on the old forum you know plugins and stuff like that yeah. messing with the, with the with the what is it my bb code or what's it called um so like translating that to something that discourse accepts gladly is is well it had its mistakes but i mean it's it's perf perfectly easy to to understand what post is saying even with those errors it's mostly just like you know HTML markup stuff, it's making something, uh, whatever, italic or something. So I guess most people are just happy to have it and, and ignore the, the small errors that are there. There weren't any major things, as you say, some naming that went wrong. That's it. That's about it. And truncating stuff from, from Admiral who makes like, I mean, he's the only guy that makes posts that are over 30,000 characters long. So <laughs> the only guy that noticed. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's it was a fun project, and I'm happy everybody likes it. That's about the essence of it, I guess. Well, it's certainly going to have a long-lasting impact on the website, mate. You've kind of yeah, I think as as we've kind of alluded to, preserved an awful lot that would have been eventually lost. So yeah, once again, thank you very much, Michael, and very 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 well deserved place in our Hall of Heroes there in our. Uh, Chaos Dwarf Online Community Awards. Now the next, uh, the next part of the competition was the best hobby blog, and this was a really, really interesting one because this is the best blog focused on Chaos Dwarfs on a Chaos Dwarf Online forum. The competition was always going to be crazy, and the winner of the overall best blog was a blog that I honestly do believe is the best blog on the website, and it was Reaver's blog, our very own Reaver from this podcast. Uh, this is a blog that, to my mind anyway, combines in perfect measure a really high quality of output, as in the actual painting is and, and converting is so, so good, but it's curated with such care. It's like a professionally put together blog. It's beautifully laid out. It's regularly updated. Reva, I need your acceptance speech now, mate. It was a well, well deserved uh, prize. Your turn to thank the Academy. Well, I mean, uh, the Academy that I need to thank is is Castworks Online. Obviously, the the whole community is what inspired me to come here. Even you know, I started this on on the old forum, and and even at that time, just being able to peruse that material is the only reason I ever got started. Uh, you know, my, my buddy and I were looking at armies to, to begin and, uh, we just, there's just so much to look at on Castros online. So we, we started with it and the whole formatting thing was all inspired by a couple of the, how to create blog posts on the old forum. And so none of that was really my own creation in terms of structuring and you know reserving posts and table of contents or whatever like it was all just uh a couple of users uh mooting on the old forum over what to how to structure a blog and where to you know where to put posts and and how to kind of move forward with it so that people can have a discussion about the models and i think uh there's plenty of other good examples i chose the one that i had used on the old forum and 
I think one thing that gives me a huge leg up here was that when we came over to discourse, uh, I had exactly the amount of content that I was willing to manually transfer over. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it was like five or six units or something like that. And, and not too much, uh, you know, verbiage behind it. So it was really just like, you know, I started off with those units all complete and just able to fire them up on the blog quickly when discourse had very few actual blogs. So I think in terms of the, the head start, that was probably not to be discounted in how things stand right now. But I guess what I will say is that, and we, we talked about Besseron earlier, but this year we saw so many new blogs that I would have voted for best hobby blog if, if there wasn't a new blog category. So the, the rising sophomore blogs are going to be ridiculous in terms of what, what they achieve and what they can put together this year, I think anyway. So this being the first year, um, I'll rest on having more time, but I think it's going to be increasingly, increasingly difficult to pick this category out. Yeah, the, you are right about the uh, the quality of the new blogs. Well, it is is so so high. There is um, you were up against stiff competition anyway, Reva. You really, really were such quality out there. But the competition is going to get harder and harder every year as these new blogs become veteran blogs. <laughs> yeah, and I mean we've we've talked about some of the other ones that have been uh, like Toronto's blog. Uh, I'm fairly certain that's what I voted for in this, uh, just because I feel like we have spiritually a lot uh in common and he pulls together just ridiculous ridiculous kit bashes all the time and and they're so seamless so he posts i think almost more regular than i do it, recently uh his chaos Dwarf stuff has been more frequently than mine i believe so um but yeah i think between what's already on and, and the new folks coming along it's going to be really interesting this next year or this year i guess yeah definitely and I do have a bird that clicks on uh, on the refresh button. <laughs> this is alluding to uh, <laughs> to the fact that um, out of all the pages on Chaos Dwarfs Online uh, forum, um, if you take just the hobby blog focused uh, pages, um, Reavers has by quite a wide margin had the most outside links, outside clicks, people coming to to view it, um, which has led me to believe that much like um, when Homer Simpson was working from home and he had the little nodding bird pressing yes for everything, I think he's got his on control refresh, just making sure that that counter keeps going up. I mean, it's it's more than twice as many views as any other thing on the entire site that's not like an administrative page. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost 9,000 views. And second place, which is Zod, by the way, is... 3.8 thousand very respectable number right and then there's a huge pack of people sitting at about 3,000 views like seven or eight blogs including you know everyone you would think of um not least of whom michael eddie you know etc but i think you've got to you've got to come to terms jared with the fact that the reason why yours is so far out in front is because i personally think it's actually repeat business I think whenever Reva posts something, people are like, oh, I wonder what he's done this time, you know? And I think that's really important because 
be, we most of us end up having a style. I don't even have a style yet, but we'll get there. Right. And, and from that perspective, when they post something new, you know, you're going to get something following along in that. And you do have a style, but you also have this incredible range with it that I think means that whatever you've done, what has the madman done this time? <laughs> Huge motivation for a lot of people. And and I think it keeps people coming back. The minute that you do anything, they want to know what is it this time, you know? I mean, yeah, to be I... honest, I've just bookmarked your one, well, some of the blogs, but yours was one of the first I bookmarked. So every time you post something, I get a notification. So, I mean, at least a few of those clicks are mine. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's 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 as every I can only like repeat what everyone said. Your your stuff is just amazing, and I mean, you've proven it time and time again. Like with with the competitions and stuff like that, it's just mind blowingly level of details. And uh, I mean, for me, this this was like impossible for anyone else to win at this point. At this point, so beware next year. For <laughs> now, quite into. Well, to be fair, um, Jared, I know you've been you've been talking about how the, the the your approach to blogging like the layout of how you do it and the way that you change the title for each new post and the contents and stuff that you have has uh taken direct inspiration from the old forum users i'd say you are the first person on the new forum to have really done that and now you've got a lot of people like me um emulating that in my own blog and i think michael i think i've seen you do that as well updating the titles of your blogs with the posts and all that kind of stuff as well so yep. It's, it's something that you know you you've may have taken as an inspiration from the old forum but has definitely become a, a positive thing with other users have now carried on doing as well it does make for a nicer website for a nicer feel for a more professional look to those blogs makes them easier to navigate you know all of that sort of thing very useful for finding the content you're looking for yeah i think the navigation aspect of it is like 40 percent for my own benefit yeah uh, yeah and I'm glad that I didn't have to do like back cleanup in terms of like the approach that I've done. I'm continuing to use uh, kind of yeah. set from the beginning because like when I need to find something, I just, I go to the table of contents that I have. Like I, now it's at 300 something posts. I just not worth fishing through, especially not on mobile. Um, so that's great. And it helps me if anything, just like be able to use my own blog quickly if I need to like direct people to stuff. Um, yeah yeah i find i find a lot of like cows dwarfs online posting your material there is as much as anything creating a library for yourself i mean that's why i have somewhere in the region of 10 or 11 different uh off-topic blogs for every tiny little project i do because if i take a photograph of some miniatures with my phone that's just been lost in my phone it will take me ages to find it again whereas if i know that i have put it in a blog somewhere that i can search it should i want to share that again i can find it again pretty quickly I mean, I've been really lazy with it to the point where when I've been working out troops in my Roman project and I can't be bothered to get off my arse and get down the shed and count how many of this model I've painted, I've just gone to my own blog and counted the models on it instead. Yeah, I do. I do similar, similar things. My when I post whips of infantry, that's how I'm locking and how I'm ranking them up. So I, I, I pull up my pictures there to make sure when I after I paint them that I rank them up in the way that they actually fit in their ranks. Nice. So Good shout. You know what the best part about changing the title of the topic is? I mean, it has one really big advantage for me. Like, if, if, if for example, say Jared's post, you know, if he hasn't posted anything in, in, say, two weeks, but there have been many replies, 
you know, you see the same title, but you know when the title changes that he actually posted something. So it's like maybe a more, an extra push to go check yeah. if I'm you know, a bit pressed in time or something. Yeah, it's how you know the difference between an, an update and just a reply. Exactly. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Right, we should press on, gentlemen, because I think, am I right that there was one There was one other category, wasn't there, that I haven't got there to was yet? one yet. last category. The last category. So, the last category was best overall user, just the best user. And we were really open on what we were expecting out of this. We just said to our users, you know, this is a person who kind of, is going to have to define what it is to be a good Chaos Dwarf online user, someone who's the heart and soul of the community, someone who is important to us all and who does a lot, etc., etc. And I was so, so happy that it was Admiral who won this prize because I think he is the perfect person to earn this accolade. For those that aren't aware, um, Admiral is a uh, Chaos Dwarf online staff member who's been a staff member for a number of years now. He was one of the people who was absolutely instrumental in pushing for us to move to the new software. He's one of the people who, when a lot of the old staff members were becoming less active, life circumstances was mean they couldn't get involved as much anymore, and the staff became very thin on the ground. He was one of the people who really held the website together and kept the competitions running. Those competitions are so important because they're a real focus of the community. They keep people coming back to it. And... Um, on top of that, he's just an all-round lovely bloke as well. He's so supportive, he's so friendly, and he's always got, um, if you ask him a question, he will always answer you in plenty of detail. He's always got lots and lots to add to the discussion. So, yeah, I was extremely happy, as I'm sure most of you are, that um, the Admiral got this, um, got this award. Um, has anyone got anything they'd like to say in particular about Admiral winning this? Well, I think to start, your little, uh, your fluff uh blurbs that you put in the community awards winners uh the the one for admiral is extremely poignant he was here he's always been here and i think that it really speaks to how he is and and he's kept this alive he's uh he he, he is the overlord that uh that cdo has has had this whole time so um yeah you can't speak enough to the to the contributions across everything and you know he's kept people coming back to this website and that um you know all the other outreach things that we do or or other people you know uh with the instagram and social media it just like he's the one who's doing the most important bit which is getting people you know engaged on on the discourse and and, and when he does contribute in the discord and like you said it's always um he's going back and reading old posts and providing uh lengthy you know detailed replies that uh for me uh if i see him post i want to read it and it doesn't really matter where that is so you know he has that kind of presence 100 percent. i think he's like cdo's dad at this point yeah <laughs> he, he replies to every single post if you give him enough time um you know i've written parts of among the wicked Dolly, and i know he's read the entire thing which you reprobates haven't um he he just puts the time in to make sure that everyone feels interacted with and appreciated and that things end up at the top of the list so that if other people maybe weren't replying on it that there's a chance that they will and it's because he's a community-minded guy, but, you know, he's community-minded to the point where no Admiral, no Chaos Dwarfs Online. 
it just wouldn't have existed without him because when most of us rocked up and started the era that that really started in the last 12 months it was purely an environment being kept going by his efforts um and now it's self-sustaining once again yeah i mean i i literally wouldn't be a member of chaos dwarfs online if it wasn't for admiral i was a proper long-time lurker on the old forum i've been not even signed up to the website but i was always on there trawling through looking for ideas and stuff even when i didn't have a chaos dwarf army and i was fantasizing about getting a chaos dwarf army it was a website i found myself on a lot and it wasn't till i uh took the plunge and um i got hold of some old plastic chaos dwarfs and i saw that his his shop on etsy was um selling the hat separately which i think a hat sculpted by Fugit khan and um it was when I bought some of those hats to vary up my troopers that he sent me, which I think is probably quite a generic email. He sends customers. Hi, thanks for this purchase. You might want to become a member of Cast Wolves Online and you know share your hobby progress with them and stuff. And that was that was that little push I needed to kind of click and get involved. So if it wasn't for Admore in his store, I, I wouldn't even be a member of the website now. Got a lot to own for. Well, you you recruited me from uh, Facebook, where he posted a link to the new forum at some point. Um, but uh, for me, the, the the single most important reason for him being um, chosen the winner of this category is the fact that he doesn't see himself in this manner. You know, he, he sees himself as like the um, the the competition monkey, and and that's about it. While pretty much everyone else, you know, sees him as as the guy he is, like the the critic critical member of our little growing CDO community. And I think the fact that he actually got nominated and voted for and, and won the competition, I mean, I hope it does like make it clear to him that but that we do really value the stuff he does to us for us. I think I think he's you know, if there are people listening to this who don't have an admiral story and any positive stories you do have are about people who are only here because of Admiral. Right, or almost only here because of Admiral, and certainly many, many, many people who have come and gone and come back again over the years, who we interact with all the time, people who used to post, who are posting again. You know, those people have the same set of stories because during the period where the forum was quiet and there wasn't really posting, was not really happening, it was falling off, all this kind of stuff. It was Admiral who ran the Golden Hat Contest, the Golden Hat Contest that kept the core of users alive. And now we've got more entrants than ever on every contest. And we've got people who, you know, we haven't even met or spoken to or, or posted with before sending in detailed, detailed stuff. And we've got all of these people who are lurking in the audience and whatnot who have enough content to interact with on a regular basis. That's because he kept it going. And... He brought us in, and I don't see how anyone else could have won that award. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, once again, thank you, Admiral, for everything you've done for the website and everything you continue to do, mate. I think that now concludes our section on the Community Awards 2021. So, looking forward to 2022's awards. It'll be interesting to see uh, what blogs that are great continue to stay great what blogs we haven't even seen yet that are going to be created and new users that are going to join us and what existing users are going to do to contribute to, to the website. I think it's going to be a very, very exciting year. 
Um, last year was a real year, I think, of building on the website. And now, as, as Chit said, it's become a much more self-sustaining environment now. It's going to be very interesting to see what is generated uh, on the website over, over the next year. In fact, we can talk a little bit about the progress people are making this year in their hobbies because our next segment is going to be all, all about the battle against the grey. Now, the battle against the grey is a kind of community initiative um, which I haven't actually taken part in before. I didn't take part in this last year, but the users on the website have taken part in. And the Battle Against the Grey is a way of tracking your hobby progress. The premise is very, very simple. <laughs> Despite the fact it seems to need to be explained on a semi-regular basis, <laughs> the premise is very, very simple. What you do is, every single time you buy a miniature, you add one for every miniature you've bought to your total. Every time you paint a miniature, you subtract one from your total. Everybody starts the year on zero. It doesn't matter if you own 4,000 models, you start the year on zero. Now, if you buy 30 models, you're now at plus 30. But if you start the year at zero and you paint 30 models, you're now at negative 30. The idea being that you can see how much of the grey pile of shame, as people often call it, or pile of potential, if you're being polite, or else. how much of that we are chipping away at over the year. A um, couple of you guys did it last year. Michael and Reva, you guys did this last year, didn't you? Yes. Yep. How did you find this as a kind of hobby motivator? Um, well, the best part about it is if you can kind of keep track of, you know, I mean, the shame of buying something becomes a lot greater if you know that that'll it'll change your uh, score to be positive. Well, in my case, it does. Mm. Um, but I mean, it, what happened a few weeks ago was well, maybe a few months ago by now. Um, we were talking about doing it for for this year, and then you know the ball started rolling. We started talking about maybe make an achievement, and um, stuff got rolling. But in essence, like what we did last year and the year before, because we've done it in 2020 as well, um, it was started or, or reintroduced by, I believe, Wilmark. Not 100% sure, but it was an old member who started it again. Um, and I think Reaver and I were one of the first that were like, this is, this is interesting, this has potential. Um, and it, it's, it's a great motivator because if it wasn't, we wouldn't have you know, done it for a third year in a row. Yeah, I agree. I, and I'm trying to remember, I, I was kind of, I don't think I was actually logging it in 2020, but I was kind of um, lurking the bat G because I think it was started sometime during that year. And I was yeah. I just, I had Kickstarters coming in. So I was like, I'll just start in 2021. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just been a really positive thing for me to just feel like, uh, you know, I post to Instagram and stuff, but it it's not as meaningful to me as, you know, posting to these bat G blogs and, you know, having the engagement with, with, with CDO, even on, you know, off topic, uh, things. And it just kind of, it keeps it in one place. I think it's good, like mentally speaking, uh, to see things get knocked off the pile and actually logged. So I guess that's why I'm, I'm here doing it again, but, um, I mean, I would have been happy to, to do it regardless of whether or not there were uh you know the badges or whatever that got added but i think it definitely has become a lot more fun now that there is a lot of participation 
and uh, and a kind of concerted effort behind the whole thing. It feels more like a wave of people than uh, than just kind of like my own little, uh, I guess, Michael and myself uh, kind of dabbling around. So that it's been really great this year. Yeah, and it, it it's been interesting on how many people have kind of um, taken up the challenge this year as well. You guys started saying, "Look, we're doing battle against the gray again. We're doing the bat G. Who wants to get involved?" and an overwhelming amount of people have actually got involved in it, haven't they? Yeah, it's somewhere like 23, 4, somewhere around that number. Yeah. And when you consider they're signing up for a year-long challenge, that's pretty impressive. It is. I mean, and, and especially with like people like us who, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to buy more than we paint. Not all of us. Some of us actually are responsible gamers and we actually paint our stuff, but... Most of us, myself included, we, we definitely find buying and, and printing much easier than painting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's <laughs> the default behavior, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and, right, right. This is not a board culture thing. No, you're right. This is, this is definitely a thing that Warhammer fans and Wargaming fans the world over do talk about as being a thing, you know. I mean, that, that grey pile of shame isn't a phrase we've invented. That is, that is a very well-established idea within the wargaming community. I mean, you know, for me, one of the... I mean, you've got to be getting sick of, of me talking about Skaven, but my Skaven army is, is one of the biggest hurdles I've had in, in painting, like, forever. I mean, this is my second Skaven army, and it's the second army I've owned for a very long time that... that maybe has one or two models painted. I mean, it's it's just a repetition of, of the first iteration. Um, so, like, when this blew up, and, and I mean, it, it, it's it's not really a, a, a tool for painting more than you buy. It's, it's for me anyway, it's a full-on competition, and I fully intend to be in the top three contenders or winners. In <laughs> um, good fun, of, of course. I mean, you know, it's all good fun. But I fully intend to use this competition and as i call it as an excuse to you know plow through those caven quite a bit um and i think that's that's maybe for me the best thing that that that, that happened well in the end of last year just having such an enormous amount of people joining in and, and creating more and more buzz you know even though as you say i mean it's it's we, we don't all follow the exact same rules uh, on counting and stuff, but that's not important. The, the important part is that we as a community started to paint, or at least <laughs> intend to paint more than we buy. Some of us are succeeding a bit more than the others. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this is just another way that this community will come together and just have, um, you know, fun and, and paint more dwarfs. Um, and and in my opinion, the the monthly or whatever is going to be updates that Bits uh, is doing will, I mean, that's what's going to keep this alive, you know, keep the competition alive. I hope. It's interesting hearing your your kind of motivations there, like saying how you're finding um, some motivation from the competition side of it. For me, it's just um, I'm, I'm liking seeing how I'm getting on against others and stuff, but it really is me versus me. <laughs> me versus my own bad nature. Chits recently described me as a hobby magpie, and I was a little bit embarrassed by how well it kind of described my approach towards things, that I have so many unfinished projects, because I just see something shiny and just go towards it. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 
and this is something I think in life as well. I'm very good at starting projects. I'm not always very good at finishing projects. Michael, you coming in to help me out with a zine, you know full well this is my nature. I'm very good at starting zines. I'm not very good at getting zines out. I'm very good at recording podcasts. I'm not very good at actually getting around to editing those podcasts. And I'm very good at starting armies. And I'm very, very poor at ever getting those armies anywhere near finished, you know? So for me, this has been a project where I can just look at all those half-finished projects. I've got probably about five or six different armies that were never completed that I can turn into full armies this year if I really knuckle down and get them done. I mean, as, as like Zod has told us many, many, many times, an army is never finished. So, I mean, right. even if you painted everything you own, it, it, it wouldn't be finished. But having finished my Lizardman army, at least the ones I own, there is something mm -hmm. deeply, deeply satisfying in, in like, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's the first army that I own in 12 years of hobbying that's fully painted as far as I own stuff. It's nice. Like, that, that's a good place yeah, to man. be. So I, I fully intend to continue this. Well, I'm, I'm speaking of it, um, I'm finishing my second army as we speak because I'm painting my last unit of Chaos Warriors. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been painting some of my uh, my empire militia actually while we've been speaking. So uh, I love the fact we're discussing battle against the grey right now while secretly battling against our grey against one another. Especially where me and you are doing a very very similar sort of level here, Michael. So yeah, I have put <laughs> forty four night goblin flesh base coats on during this podcast, and I will finish these last six while we are talking. I think the reason why everyone went for it this year is kind of multiple reasons, right? There were, you know, you start with your hardcore veterans, right? You got Reva and Michael rolling in from the next, from the previous year, you know, starting to talk smack with each other a little bit, talking about what they want to achieve, all this kind of stuff. It's New Year's resolution season. And then you've got new people like me piling in and saying, oh, this is going to be a great way to keep track of everything. I want to join in. I want to think about it. And then you start to get to this point of critical mass where everyone's just putting these empty blogs up on the board and people who weren't on Discord at that moment to know that that was the conversation that we were having. Nevertheless, they look at it from the outside and they're like, everyone's doing this thing. I should do this thing too. And I definitely think by the time we get to about 30 people, every hobbyist has come to this for a different thing, right? Some of them because they need the motivation to stop buying and printing miniatures. Some of them because they need the motivation to paint um, because they don't necessarily enjoy or, or find it that easy to paint. Some of them because they want to win or make progress or prove a point to themselves about their hobby or whatever. Um, for me, it's just about structure. Like it's just, you know, I, I started um, my blogs purely as a list of what my gray mountain is so that I could break it all down and demonstrate to people that I wasn't exaggerating. Um, when, when I say some of the things I say about how many miniatures I've got, but now that I've got that, it's like, what can I do? You know what I mean? How well can I do against it? Um, and I, I, now that we've looked at the first month of results and every month at the end of the month, I'm going to tally up everyone's scores and then everyone's going to pile in and tell me their scores a day late because that's just the way the world works. And then I put it on a graph <laughs> and I compare everyone to everyone else. And I think that alone 
just drives people to think about their purchasing, their printing, their painting in a different way, because now they're doing it in public, which means they can't lie to themselves about whether they're intending to do something. You know what I mean? Because they know at the end of the month, they're going to be held accountable for whether they delivered on what they said they were going to do or not, which is not something that it's easy to do in private to motivate yourself in that way. Very true. And I think that's as natural point as any chits for us to start talking about the fact that you have been collating the data and that you are putting together this monthly league table about how people are getting on. Um, I reckon we should all get the, uh, the graph up on our screens, boys. And I reckon um, we should put the graph on the screen for the YouTube viewers so we can start discussing how people are getting on in the battle against the grey. Talk about our own progress as we get to us. Talk about people's victories. Talk about people's uh, misfortunes, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> and just discuss, you know, what's the lie of the land after one of 12 months down? We're one twelfth of the way through the competition. What does it look like now? Let's quickly load that up on the screen, boys, so we can I talk put it about in it. podcast resources. Um, just so you know, at the top of the thread is where I will always keep the most up-to-date version of the graph. The graph changes over the course of the day after it's been posted because everyone pulls their thumb out their ass and actually posts their updated score because I put their name up there and they look bad in front of their friends. So just bear that in mind because every now and again, people, including at least one person on this call, will reply to the graph and then the graph in their post will be frozen in time at the moment they replied to it and the numbers are not updated as a mm -hmm. result. So with that said, always look at the top of the thread for the league table. Um, in future, I'm going to introduce new ways of measuring it. So I'm going to show painted and purchased as separate graphs. But this one just looks at net score right now, which is to say miniatures added to the pile um, and then subtract miniatures painted. And then you end up with a score, which means, as everyone should see, you want to be in the bottom left hand corner, bottom left good, top right bad um now ignore the horizontal axis it's just not relevant i've just spaced everyone's numbers out across this scatter plot but the y-axis doesn't mean anything um this is purely an x-axis league table to demonstrate just how far ahead or behind certain people are i mean where do you guys want me to start do you want me to start down the bottom where you guys all are having gotten pretty good scores because i feel like you should tell us a little bit about that i mean it's pretty clear, everyone, if you're not on YouTube or if you're listening to this in the podcast, just to be clear, Reva's in the lead right now with minus 40, um, followed up by Lake Tide, who is minus 34. Um, and then Michael and Oxy are level pegging on minus 26. And then Camdrin Skymaster is uh, minus 15. Um, and those are what I consider to be this month's kind of winners, bluntly, because below that, I'll explain later. Um, but Reva, I guess if you just start us off, like what was your minus 40 made of? How did it happen? How did you get it done so quickly? How does it feel to be the winner? Feels great. Uh, never expected it. Uh, probably will not happen again, but uh, <laughs> I'll take the month one and you guys will all cower because I've been uh, posting a host of very good memes in the uh, various batchy threads. So I'll sit on it now. I uh, don't expect to be here for long, but that was mostly due to uh, having all 40 of those miniatures completely primed uh, before December 31st. So um, 
that was uh, a good bit of happenstance there. Uh, and hobby hangouts is really the only other answer to that question. Um, we had a really good push of people through Batchy or otherwise just uh, wanting to hang out in the month of January, whether that be be hobby resolutions or or just the Batchy Warriors. We had a lot of people just sitting and chatting, and I don't think there's any better time for me to get stuff painted. Uh, I mostly crank through Bloodborne miniatures in that, but there was included a few units of Undead that I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, a very large dragon to get Zod off my back and saying the skeletons are too easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that that's mostly it. A couple of random Tyranids to close out the month, um, which I'll agree with Michael. Those are the last Tyranids in my possession. So after like 16 years of having Tyranids, I uh, finally don't have a Tyranid. Uh, so that's great, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, there will be more Bloodborne in the future, for sure, as everybody is thoroughly sick of hearing. Michael, we haven't heard nearly enough about your Skaven relative to Bloodborne, so um, I'm sure we'll be we'll be hearing more about rats in the future. But um, yeah, skeletons on the horizon. Unfortunately, the big horde of plastic skellies doesn't have bases yet. But there was a big push uh, to get mold lines cleaned uh, over Christmas break as well. So. I bet those old plastics have some heavy mold lines, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And on a rib cage, that's a bitch to remove. Yep. Yes. Yeah, the nature of them as well. They, that's one thing that, you know, plastic manufacturers have got much cleverer at is one, making their mold lines smaller, but two, just angling the miniature in such a way that the mold line naturally fits a seam in some clothing or a natural line on the body. Whereas those, those old miniatures from the 90s and stuff, I didn't give a single fuck. It would just be a mold line going straight through someone's face sometimes, wouldn't it? Yep. And uh, just to strike fear into the hearts of everybody up and to the right, um, I have about 80 plastic skeletons cleaned up. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's over, guys. Might as well quit. <laughs> Were you tested at all with temptation? Reva, what's, what's your situation for staying clean? Because you didn't add any new miniatures this month, did you? Uh, I did not. Um, honestly, the only thing that's been tempting recently has been Lost Kingdom Digitals. Uh, so there's not really been much in the way of physical uh, miniatures. I mean, Games Workshop's work in Eldar. I don't care. Like, they should continue making Eldar for the rest of the year. In fact, I'd be very happy about that. Um Eldar, Boneberks, and Primaris, I believe, are on the list. Reva, you're all right, yep. mate. Yeah, that's, that would be great. <laughs> I would love those to be released in, in mass quantities. Um, yeah, they're just... Boneberks, wave yeah, two. <laughs> that's all I want. Just more of that. Just Anyway, no, not, not really a whole lot coming at me. Uh, I, I do have some stuff that I think is going to hit this month, but uh, hopefully we'll be will be minor and have a, a buddy printing some stuff for me, but mostly uh, that'll be some projects to kind of vary up the, the undead tide. Uh, hopefully of uh, the lost kingdom bone giant archer, which I'm pretty excited about. So haven't, uh, haven't received it yet. Um, but I think uh, that'll probably be my first plus. Um, and then the big elephant will be if bloodborne two is released, I'm screwed. So um, that's it. 
And just to be clear for the for the listeners at home, how many miniatures did you clear from the original Bloodborne tabletop game release? How many did I clear? Like, as in, since... how many did you receive from that release? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, probably like two hundred ten or something like that. And you're expecting the sequel to be comparable size Kickstarter over time, right? I agree. Yeah. Yep. So you're talking about a potential minus 200 premium that would completely consume your 80 skeleton gains that you might make with some cheeky contrast rib cages. Yep. Yeah. My, my biggest fear is that I'm going to take all of my easiest to paint miniatures and convert them into objectively more difficult to paint things and, and, and have one entire black shard be so... erased. <laughs> this this uh, Bloodborne games from um, from Simon, yep. isn't it? Simon Games. That's right. Have you got that? You got uh, their... Boys and girls listening at home, if you yeah. could just uh, just all write letters to Simon Games, please, and just say, you know, there's massive demand for Bloodborne. So we love Bloodborne one, but our biggest criticism of it was there was just not enough miniatures <laughs> and not enough mold not lines. Enough if we have more miniatures with more mold yeah. lines <laughs> for release two. And also, can we have it just, we don't want it for Christmas, because, you know, December doesn't count. We we want it November. A November release would just be perfect. Yeah, make sure that card charge deadline gets cut in before the end of the year. Otherwise, I'm counting in 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, and I, I would appreciate the support, like me and the other six people on the Bloodborne Board Game Discord who care. Uh, we, we, we would love the support, so. Well, it, it's a dogfight. Reaver, but before I move on to talk to Michael and Oxy, you're afraid of things for yourself. Who are you afraid of fundamentally on that league table? Um, well, I mean, Lake Tide has ridiculous uh, speed painting ability. Um, if his number of unpainted miniatures is accurate at the top of his blog, then um, he doesn't have enough for Black Shard or very close to it. So that puts us at uh, pretty much Michael because... Uh, I don't like the odds of um, of skeletons versus uh, contrasts given. I think that's uh, that's dead even. True, Michael. I mean, that's a natural tie-in for you, mate. You are also listed third, and and much respect to Lake Tide, whose speed painting skills are well renowned. But fundamentally, it's almost a dead heat. There's only six miniatures between Lake Tide and Reaver at the end of this month. Um, I strongly recommend you check out both their blogs. Although realistically, if you're listening to this, you probably have Reaver's blog open right now. Um, and presumably you're sitting there hitting F5 like the rest of us. Um, Michael, tell us about your month. Tell us what you did, how you got to minus 26, whether you added things, what you're optimistic about, what you're worried about. So I want to start with the fact that I painted Gold One Riders, which are basically like Gold Ones plus Riders. So that minus 29 I added is basically double that. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's it, the motivation at this point is just having two finished armies for the meetup, um, and if I can smash them out, you know, before my deadline, which is April, even better. Um, but to be honest, I just like painted the first two weeks in uh, in January with uh, a lot of the other time with Reaver, you know, in the hobby hangouts, um, and then at some point I just switched over to the Golden Head model because you know it's a lot of work. Um, so those 40 something heroes or warriors have been looking at me, you know, all evil eyed from across the table for 
the best of January. Um, my personal deadline for these is in two weeks, so I'm well ahead of that. Um, and I really hope to enter these somewhere in the end of this week, maybe the end of next week. And then I have a few temples that are coming up for the terrain that I want to bring to the meetup. And then, well, I mean, it's hold your horses, slaves, you know, Skaven slaves, clan rats, all of the good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a slow start for me, but I did pretty good, actually, compared to some of the others. Say, you can't call it a slow start if you're going to come in joint third place. True, true. But I mean, it's only one unit, you know? Yeah. I paint one unit. When you count by units, it's, it's not a whole lot. It's just the fact that it's a pretty, pretty big unit. <laughs> um, but I mean, my goal is to fully end with at least minus 200. So, and that includes, you know, everything I buy and, and paint and uh, buy and print and whatever. So probably closer to minus 250. Um, I did print uh, three, gob- uh, three ogres this month, which were actually scheduled to be somewhere in the summer uh, when they were to be printed, but I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> but they were planned I mean- for this year, so... You know, I was going to say, in the grand scheme of things, you think Ogre Kingdoms is going to be a project you're going to print a lot of this year because it is a low model count army, so there are worse things you could be doing. Yeah, I mean, when this became a competition in my head, I, I fully like switched over to let's paint something that's a horde army and easy to paint, and let's uh, build something that's you know low model count. So painting Skaven, Backlog, and, and starting Ogre Kingdoms like as a parallel army I mean, it's a good combination to to end high, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, even though I have a few models in my uh, display case that are even now looking at me, you know, if, about fifteen ogres or something, I do really intend to paint every ogre I'm printing this year, um, above all the Skaven I'm printing and all the Golden Hats and whatever competitions. Um, so yeah, I think. Unless, you know, something really bad happens, I should end up with at least half a painted Skaven army and uh, hopefully almost playable Ogre Kingdoms army by the end of this year, which would be the most productive year ever in my hobby time. I just want to clarify for people listening at home, by the way, because we we mentioned Black Shard a couple of times there. Just to be clear, the, like, ultimate target for everyone is minus 200. Yeah. Um, Because the forum awards go for minus 50... Well, minus anything, minus 50, minus 100, minus 200. It, it starts at minus one for, for brass, and then it's minus 25, and then it doubles until minus 200. So 25, oh, okay. 50, 100, five. That's crazy. Yeah, that's silver. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, but in that kind of environment, like, I think it's really important. Black Shard is the top level. That's minus 200. You know, I have, at the beginning of this year, 2,500 unpainted miniatures. So it... There are some people who were talking tough, myself included, in December about double black shard. Um, What matters (laughs) fundamentally over the course of 12 months is can you control your buying and printing behavior and can you paint with discipline and focus, right? Quality, this is not what it's about. It's about having more painted miniatures than sprues and gray stuff at the end of the year than you had at the start. And I think that means that when you hear us talking about, oh, going after horde armies, all that kind of stuff, that's all in the game, baby. It's not against the spirit of anything because the spirit of this is to have more paint done at the end than you had at the start. 
and Jack, tell us a little bit about your yeah. month and how you ended up scoring the same as Michael. So my month has mostly been uh, consumed with prep for this Necromunda Ash Wastes campaign I was talking about. So I've painted um, a whole Ash Wastes game, which is, let me quickly check, they're just behind me. One, two, three, four, five, six, so seven gangers. I've got two gangers extra riding on horses and a tank for them to drive around in. So some of those in that were quite a quick win and some of those models in there, especially the horses and the tank, were quite a slow way to earn one. Because this is the thing, isn't it? Negative one is negative one. One little goblin on a base is negative one. One chimera tank is negative one. So, you know, some of them have been quite slow ways to earn one, especially the horsemen. Another thing that I painted, which I think was quite a slow way to earn one each, was I painted a unit of 10 Roman cavalry. And uh, the models were really beautifully detailed, which is lovely, but it did mean they took a lot longer to paint than I'd hoped that they would. Um, but then I've offset it slightly. I've, I've painted some things that were very slow ways of earning points. And I've also painted some things that were very quick and easy ways of earning points. I had some metal barricades from the original Necromunda uh, box set from when it was re-released, um, which have just been sat in that box the whole time I've owned that game. And so it was just getting those out, spray painting them silver. I think they were already spray painting silver and just attacking them with like texture paint and streaking grime and a bit of color here and there. That was like one afternoon. It was a really quick way to earn some points. But it's been interesting for me because I struggle with focus in hobby. I struggle to paint the same army for two weeks running. And even this month of my batchy, I've bounced around from project to project. But um. I've managed not to really purchase much at all. Um, I received uh, I received a couple of gifts and I bought a model. So I think I'm like plus three, negative 30 at the time of recording. So I'm actually about negative 27 now. Um, once I finish these militia that are on my desk now, that'll be pushed down, obviously. But um, it's really been, it's been good for me in that it's forced me to really think about every purchase. Every time I think about buying something, I'm thinking, are you going to buy that because you want to paint it now? If the answer's no, don't buy it. It's going to be there again when you want to buy it later. Because I think I have got a terrible habit, which I think a lot of war gamers do, of buying things I like, knowing I'll paint them one day. And that is, that is the way to grow a pile, isn't it? buying them now because I know I'll get I know I'll paint them one day I've also fixed my 3d printer which is really really nice and that's a really good thing to have but it does also mean that I can have hundreds of models at a touch of a button now costing me pennies each which uh yeah that's where my real temptation is coming from right now it really is I've even got to the point I was talking to you about it last night chips where I had some models that I liked the look of and I've literally put them together I've sliced them, I've got them ready to print and just not pressed print. They're there like, one day, one day I'll print you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get on this year, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to buy too much. I'm going to try to paint more than I buy, but I'm definitely not in it to win it. I'm in it to join in with a competition and I'm in it to knock down my own grape. Yeah, nobody really. believes you, mate. Um, so look, there's a lot of... <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on i think in in your specific 
choice right and when we talk about the magpie thing really what you're talking about as opposed to some of the stuff we've been talking about with, with the the others is very much many 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 smaller projects right not big batch painted regiments um when you yeah. look forward to the projects where you might score some profit what are the ones that you think offer you the best hope over the course of the next year um chaos dwarfs is massive i've got uh probably about 50 ish chaos dwarf warriors from various companies and stuff that are unpainted so there's a there's a negative 50 waiting to happen there um imperial romans i've got 30 something no, i always find more romans every time i go up my loft i find more romans but i've currently found 30 more romans that need to be painted so there's another negative 30 waiting to happen there and there's another the other project that, that I really, really want to get my teeth stuck into is uh my Slaneshi Chaos Warriors. Cause um I picked up a lot of those um early last year and a lot of them didn't get painted. A lot of the old like um Realm of Chaos era Slanesh champions I want to do with like bright gold armor and stuff like that. And um I have a lot of the contents. There was a there was a box set that was released of Slanesh versus uh, Dark Elf Snake Ladies, and I got just for Slanesh half of that. I've got basically the whole contents of that box as well upstairs to paint. Realistically, I I have negative hundreds, but I could get through this year. I could I could do Black Shard two three times, if I don't buy anything or print. Or print anything. Yeah, and that's the big one, isn't it, mate? <laughs> so I think, you know, I think it's interesting hearing those stories from from the people who are well into profit. I think if I could just because obviously I had to dive into everyone's blogs and look at their scores and everything. So we've got, you know, we've got about 30 entrants right now, but in reality they fall into three broad categories, right? Um, the winners, the losers, and the fat middle. And by the fat middle, I mean everyone who's got a score between minus five and plus five. Because that is someone who's fundamentally treading water. They've done no huge amount of damage to themselves, but they've also made no huge headway. And there are, you know, half a dozen or more people in that category who are on anywhere from between minus five and three. And, and most of those people, you know, they've been painting, but they haven't stepped up or changed the way they paint to do something that is fundamentally like batch or contrast heavy or intentionally thought about how they're going to do it. In many cases, they just had a quiet hobby month, which I think is perfectly reasonable. But the people on that list, people like Bess, Ron, Jack Swift, Roll for Wounds, Antonor, Jasko, Zanko, Evil Fuzzy Doom. Really great blogs with really interesting stuff posted on there. Um, but I think in some cases, you know, these are people who are just going to use it as a fun way of measuring what they've done. And I think that's a legitimate thing to do. Um, there is also a fourth category that I'll just pause for a minute, which is people who started a blog with the best of intentions at the end of last year, but haven't posted anything, maybe because they haven't painted something, maybe just because they've been distracted. And that's people like Spays, Freak Show, Lord of Us Kalak, as Anzu and Vince. Um, and if you're one of those people, lads, just, just nut it out. Do you know what I mean? Just settle in, right? Give it, give us an update, first of all. But secondly, make sure that you're thinking, how am I going to finish something? When am I going to get my first point on the board? Because in my experience, getting your first point on the board is very addictive. Now that said, you'll notice I wasn't in the loser category. So I wasn't in the winner category. 
and I wasn't in the fat middle. And the reason I wasn't in the fat middle is because I was one of this month's losers. In fact, I was the second biggest loser this month with a score of plus 27, which is pretty big. If I could just give you a list of the other losers, Grask plus 10, Chubb plus 12, Flagellant plus 19, me plus 27, and then Baz plus 51. Now we'll talk about Baz. We will talk about Baz. But before that, let me just talk about myself for a minute. So I started the month really nicely with 12 Infernal Guard Fireglaives for a nice plus 12 as part of one of the regiments for the first ever tabletop army that I'm going to be fielding um, when we go to Chaos Dwarfs offline. Um, and that's the first army list I made in 20 years and all that kind of stuff. So I've been trying to make my way through those. But then I got stuck. And I got bogged down in Chaos Dwarf Warriors because I tried to combine four or five different suppliers all of whom have totally different non-batch paintable levels of like metal involved and, you know, not very much fabric that can be easily done with contrast paint and stuff like that. And so I had to figure out a paint scheme like three or four times over and it's quite demotivating. Um, so I lost track. I had a lot of work to do. And I didn't have a lot of hobby time. And then suddenly on the 26th, it was my birthday. And this birthday put me in the absolute hospital because I went from minus 12 to plus 27 overnight thanks to a regiment of classic hobgoblin uh, sorry classic night goblins and a bunch of 15 millimeter um tanks now I've got the airbrush with which I intend to smash out those tanks which should be pretty easy to do but I've had to ring the alarm I've put the chaos dwarf warrior regiment on pause and I've shifted gears to do 50 Night Goblins. I've got another 40 more. Um, and I'm just going to speed paint them. I'm just going to literally black primer, basic base coats, you know, a wash, a dry brush for some depth, and then base them up and call it done. Um, and hopefully that's going to get me, you know, into the black properly. But I still feel like I'm a month behind. So who knows? Maybe I won't be a proper challenger until midway through the year. Still, you've got the plan, mate. It was literally a birthday. It was an act of generosity that's pushed you under there. You were you were right on track there, and you got a plan to get out out of the uh, out of the hole. Night Goblin's going to be your friend. Airbrush those tanks is going to be your friend. You'll yeah. be all right. I think the thing that I found most interesting about it, though, is like. I felt that I had taken a big break from buying stuff. And I feel like that that break was really easy to do and quite comfortable. And I do think that psychological shift, because again, if you guys haven't seen my blogs, my blogs are just lists of everything that I bought for the two years where I didn't have a hobby space. And I've got about 2,500 miniatures in total if you add it all up, including about 800 goblins. And, you know, I've got, probably 60 more miniatures zenithal primed sitting next to me in a box right now various hobgoblins various 40k stuff etc so i'm in a pretty good position to just get it on but the the real question is whether i can do the right stuff to make the army lists work by the time i've got the tabletop games scheduled i think in the meantime the good thing about keeping track of it and if you're not doing bit batchy i really recommend it is it just changes the psychology with which you get your wallet out and you just don't do it anymore 
because you think about the fact that this is just going to have to be added to the pile and the pile is the thing that we all agree to forget exists when we're having fun buying miniatures you know <laughs> yeah so that brings us to you chits i want to hear tell me the ballad of baz so, baz baz painted more miniatures than reva this month Baz painted 44 miniatures and Reva painted 40 and Reva is top. But Baz got 90 miniatures this month and is on plus 51 as a result. Um, his blog is a thing of beauty. You, I've, I've sent half the, the forum to look at it already, but um, ideally we'll put something in the video for people who are enjoying this on YouTube. Baz has done some fantastic stuff. He's got a lot of comic book miniatures. So he did a lot of um, X-Men in really bright color schemes. He did a lot of, um, you know, really impressive scenery that, that was looking pretty good. But then this classic thing, right? He saw 43 Dogs of War and Empire mixed crossbowmen going cheap. And he just could not resist the temptation to buy them, even though they were going to need to be stripped and completely reworked. So he went straight from minus five to plus 43 with those two regiments. Then he added some trolls. Then I think I don't know if anyone else knows about this, but have you heard about the, the Walking Dead miniatures game? Does anyone on the podcast know about that? Yeah, yeah. I know so it, it's yeah. being discontinued or the range which i think was manufactured by mantic is being discontinued because the tv show is over we can all go home so he bought a clearance stash of that stuff which took him up to 67 and then he just kept going <laughs> he bought a bunch of batman stuff <laughs> which is plus 19 and then he just started painting like scenery and cars and all sorts of stuff you know clone troopers he did a really impressive job with a lot of it these are really good paint jobs so in a month or two's time he could easily be challenging for the top spot if he just digs himself out of this hole by like march but in the meantime you know he's walked face first into a minefield and added 95 miniatures to his pile it's amazing isn't it Absolutely i think amazing. he is now the main character of badgy you know uh, I know Reva had his good month, but this man is capable of such highs and such lows. It's just blown everyone else out of the water. <laughs> maybe it's all just tactics, you know? Maybe he just didn't have enough gray and he just like figured, you know, I'm going to go like very positive score in the first month. So everybody's like, ha, what an idiot. And then, you know, in the next few months, he's like, eh, let's just prove everyone wrong and like end with minus 300 models or something. It's an interesting piece of psychology, right? When my birthday stuff hit, this week, days after I got that stuff, I started opening boxes and assembling miniatures. It motivated me so, but I was like, I have to paint all of these tanks, which means I have to assemble all of these tanks as a matter of priority. And I sat there on conference calls for my stupid job, which is a great job, but you know, does not require me to do much except dial into conference calls and talk to people. And I just sat there scraping mold lines and assembling gun carriages and turrets and tracks and whatnot right in front of me consistently. And it was just that 
fixation on the number that really motivated me in a way that I would have been a little bit too lazy to do otherwise. No, it's definitely a good, it's definitely a good motivator in that respect, isn't it? Definitely. I think that's the fun thing about it. And what I'm hoping that we're all going to get out of this for the rest of the year, basically, is just a reason to hold ourselves to account, have a bit of banter about the stuff that we enjoy, but a reason to assemble stuff yeah. and a reason to open old boxes and things that are gathering dust and say, actually, it's about damn time because I routinely forget that these miniatures exist and I need to show them the love that will merit the money that I spent on them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A nice way of thinking about Batchy success as well, I have found, is thinking about how many days in a month, how many days in a year, if you paint a miniature a day, which you're not going to do, are you? But if you paint a miniature a day, you'd absolutely smash Batchy. Like, you'd be, you'd be in such a good position getting Black Shard. So quite a few times when I was trying to gauge how I was getting on, I was simply looking at the dates and thinking, how have I got on now? Oh, it's the 20th, and I've only painted 15 so far. Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. I found that was quite a, a nice way of keeping track of it, really. So I'm thinking, if I can just kind of keep up with the dates, I'll do really well. I mean, that's how I, how I usually count my stuff. You know, for example, you know, if you say I, I'm painting one model a day for 40 days, that sounds like a lot. But on the other hand, painting one unit of 40 in, in a month, that's very, very doable. doable. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the whole reason why I, you know, I shared the, the count I did of, of where I want to, like, like, you know, my planning for this year. And it's, it's like, very loosely, um, I think I counted about 280 models totally painted. And that's the, the only reason I did it, like, very, I mean, that's relatively low to, to what I know what I can paint. Because I also, a lot of, the, a bit of time to do the hobby, hobby competitions. Um, I think that's a very good approach if you really want to, like, you know, if you can manage to stay as productive the entire year, looking at dates is, is a fairly, it's a fairly good way to, to, you know, keep track of how you're doing. The biggest issue is being consistent every month. And it's the nature of different projects as well. Some projects are just going to yield such quick results and other projects are going to yield such slow results. I mean, I'm looking at the model I've got in front of me that I've put together for the uh for the golden hat i'm not gonna give too much away but it was a big project to build and it's a large model to paint that is going to be a really really slow negative one i'm going to get out of this model you know what i mean well yeah but again you know if you like average it out 41 models in 40 days is still not that hard even if it's one big model so i mean relatively speaking i think if you can like paint one model every two days that's still a very good score Everybody yeah. would be proud to end like with minus 150 or whatever if they don't buy anything. Absolutely. I mean, quite, quite frankly, compared to every other year that I've been in this hobby, and I've not really had much of a break from the hobby, I've basically been consistently in the hobby since I was 10 years old. I don't think I would have ever have ended on negative score in my life. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So, you know, even if, I, even if someone gets negative one, in my, even zero, in my opinion, that is that is a um, that is a positive. When I say get zero, I don't mean somebody that didn't buy anything and didn't paint anything, because that means they're probably not actually engaging in the hobby. I mean zero as in they've bought a hundred miniatures and they've painted a hundred miniatures. I still think that is a real success. Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, let's be reasonable. How many of us are actually going to paint 200 models more than they buy in a whole year? If if many of us do this this year, that's going to be for one reason and one reason only. That's because we all want the same thing. That's that shiny black shard metal. But if any yeah. other given situation, none of us do, does that, you know? Never, yeah. never, never. No, no, no. And it's going to be a funny one if we go into a battle against the gravy year after, right? So let's say you get negative 200. Well done, you. Year after, it's going to be harder for you to get negative 200 because you'll have less models in your gray pile to pick. There might be ones you're not even that bothered about painting or not that into anymore and stuff. The more you do this, the harder it would be to get a good negative score on. Yeah. I mean, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> oh, yours can go for years. Yeah, yours can go for years. To be fair, Chits, mine can probably yeah, go no, for I... years, but I know there's crap in there that I never yeah, want to paint. Yeah, I hear you. And that really, that really is the universe telling me to sell stuff, isn't it? But as I've discussed before, after I sold a load of miniatures once and had massive regret, I really struggle with selling models now. I no, just I, I hear you. I think, you know, when you get down to it, though, like what we're looking at across this whole year is just a reason to hold ourselves to account and to to not say yes to the cheap rush of adding something to the pile. Because I think the truth is yeah. that does bring a lot of joy in the hobby. Novelty is fun and buying stuff does release endorphins and all this kind of shit. But it's that sense of long-term accomplishment that we're swapping it out for. And that can only be a healthy impulse, right? If we do it together and it takes, you know, having the numbers up in front of your friends to motivate you, then that doesn't, that's not illegitimate, right? That's a perfectly good reason to do things the way they are. But for me, you know, it's going to result in me having something to play tabletop games with, which would be the first time in a long time. And if I didn't have something Absolutely. to hold me to account to it every month, I would never have the armies with which to make choices when I'm building lists or have any lists with which to make decisions about what I want to paint and work on next. I mean, and there's nothing sadder than seeing someone who's been in the hobby for years, like, you know, having huge collections of beautiful models mm. that, that are like maybe 5% or less painted, mm. like selling it all off because, oh, no. you know, they'll never finish yeah. it in their lifetime. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. You see ones that are still new in their box and it's like, no, set them yeah. free. They want to go and fight. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there, there's this one particular situation that's, that remained in my memory for a long time where this guy had like, maybe 10,000 models like it was an insane collection he posted like complete lists it, it was like you know more than than what you'd expect to see on the store it was insane and he was like just had this heartbroken post about just not being able to paint it and, and feeling really well sad about that so we came up with um a deal with some professional painter where we just they split up the whole collection you know one half goes to the painter as payment and the other half is painted and returned to the owner and he, he he like painted he got a uh, like five thousand painted models in in well it was an insane amount of time it was pretty quickly painted you know professional studio and, and it was like I mean that's that's one of the more positive versions of that usually it's just like you know yeah. I sell all of all of it and I miss it all and I want a bag and stuff like that so if this is is a way to like contain that <laughs> phenomena in the future for a few of us I mean that's a good thing. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, I think it's just huge having a community backing too. I mean, just from myself as an example, you know, I committed to the 2021 Bat G in, you know, sometime in 2020. And I look at my, I went back through that thread. I was like, I had a good January in 2022. Now let me look at 2021 when it was, you know, Michael and myself really just fighting ourselves at that point, right? And I was like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I was like, hold on. It took me like April to get below minus 20 and that was not that was not because of purchases that was just like that's just how many models i painted in the first four months of the year and i eclipsed that in like two weeks so it really just like when you have all these people who are you know engaged with it doing the hobby hangouts uh you know obviously the league table and actually showing numbers on the screen uh you know brings more uh swiftness to painting but um it just really helps i think bring that bring that all together and, and everybody kind of seems to be more engaged with it and i mean purely the number of blogs we added this year is 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 evidence enough but i think it's just good community spirit that comes along for the ride with it i definitely think a lot of people like i said earlier they saw that everyone was doing it and they thought i should do it too but i don't think that came out of a sense of like inclusion i actually think that came out of a sense of oh, i've always meant to do something like that now that I'm seeing other people doing it and taking it seriously and taking a moment to lay down a market because all these blogs were empty in December because they had to be empty because that was the whole point. But it was about intent. It was about making a public statement in a public place to hold yourself to account. And I think that if we can keep that culture going by making a graph or three graphs probably next month and just ripping the piss out of everyone who fucks up, and listen, let me lead that, you know, I'll, I'll fail to get an award next year as well. I think, I think as well, you talking about doing the multiple graphs is going to be a very, very uh, interesting th thing to do as well, because it will be interesting to see who is the winner of the battle against the grey. But then it will be interesting to see is the winner of the battle against the grey, the most productive yeah. hobbyist, because, you know, we're talking about Baz there. He is doing amazing things with productivity but hasn't done amazing things in battling against a gray you know so it'd be a very interesting one to see yeah all that was it, my absolute inspiration to start because it is going to triple the amount of work but since everyone's going to be posting all three numbers all the time it will still be easy um i think that the distinction there is whether people change their behavior whether everyone's birthday is the same kind of apocalyptic situation or whether you know, everyone has bad months or whether we learn from each other and we realize, OK, I've got to switch tactics now because I've noticed from this person or that person that this is a pit that you can really fall into. Um, the one thing I would say in Baz's defense, um, not that he needs defending because obviously do what you want, enjoy what you want. But like fundamentally, the time that I would excuse it for myself is when the miniature is rare or difficult to find. You can't, if, if I saw, as happened last week, but I didn't bid on because the price is too high. If I saw the remaining Hobgoblin Wolf Rider sculpts that I need to finish my collection forever, then I would probably go to plus 10 for that because that's a different conversation. But the question is whether you're still allowing yourself to just generally browse websites and generally go shopping and all that kind of stuff. And I think for some people, that's what's going to happen. I mean, at some point, um, I think it was Zod, he like 
jokingly offered me a big part of his Kaven army. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, even though I really want to, like, you know, earn Black Shard, if at some, for some reason at the end of the year I've painted 300 models, but I've ended at minus one or even plus 50, I mean, I'm not going to be sad because that means I also got a whole new, you know, collection of games to play with. Absolutely, yeah. Define winning. You might not have won that competition, but you would have done very well as a hobbyist and a collector. Exactly, of and 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 you know, it's more of of a case where I want to paint more than I get. But if that doesn't happen, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's not that's not a big reason for me to deny. I'm not going to look for it, but if it falls on my lap, you know, eh. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun to to discuss this at the end of the year, and I, I'm. You know, we might bring it up and, you know, podcast through the year, but it won't be kind of this level of kickoff, right? But it'll be really interesting to see the wrap-up at the end. Um, and, and like Chitz, you mentioned the birthday thing. It might be interesting if we could get our participants to uh, drop a, a tag on the, the graph through the year of, of birthday events and see if uh, we have to, that might be a fun little yes. thing to tag. Um, but I, I just in general, I think the, the December will be a fun time to see what people do and how they react. Uh, and myself included, I've, like if I'm sitting at, uh, you know, negative 280, do I buy 80 miniatures in December? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I fully intend to. <laughs> as soon as I hit that spot of minus 200, I mean, I'm going to like just print, paint, print, paint, print, paint. Yeah, I think I might be similar to you, Michael. Once I know that I have I have won, not winning as in winning the competition, but won against the grey, I'll be much more forgiving well, myself. But you know what'll happen to me? You know my luck. I'll get to I'll get to negative two hundred. I'll print a hundred skeletons, and then all my fingers will snap again. <laughs> I guess there's a, how much cushion is enough over that two hundred to protect from uh, secret Xanta nuking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Secret Xanta, yeah, absolutely. Although a Secret Xanta would normally be a painted model. Yeah, piece. but there's that's things that's that come along for the board. ride, so you got to be, exactly. be careful. Just, you just send one painted emissary and then just throw in a box of, like, 40 skeletons just for kicks. <laughs> I am holding item. <laughs> the ultimate fuck you. For three people <laughs> who are all winning right now. The, the only person who I'm not holding full miniature for right now on this call is michael i have yes. cow and um oh what are they called uh caradron is for reva and camdrin and i think you guys correct me if i'm wrong reva you guys were planning to split that stuff when i get a chance to send it to you um and then i'm holding a bunch of stuff for jack not like a huge amount of it but just you know five or six things um you're holding yeah, stuff for yeah, me, right, Warriors. I've got a think so. Yeah, you'll probably have to remind me exactly what they are, but I think I have got some. I might for remind you. you on like December twenty eighth. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I have got some bits for you, but mate, they were purchased last they were, year. But... The money went out of your account last year. I don't think that counts for oh, well. this year, mate. They were literally, but they they count as being in your current pile of shame. They're just in your pile of shame in a cupboard in my. Oh, I'm gonna room. I'm gonna appeal to this podcast as evidence in Bat G Court. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm a card I mean, uh, I'm a card charge deadline. That that's how I counted last year. So I I have to stick with it this year. Otherwise, I got I got to fix stuff <laughs> from last year. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's it. Because I sent you some models, Reva, but I sent them 
you got them in January, but the receipt very clearly yeah, they, said they were sent. There you go. So it doesn't count. <laughs> Funny little technicalities we can get ourselves. Yeah, to be fair, those are mostly. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> know if any of those will ever live on an individual base uh, as they are. So. If, no, that's it. Uh, the stuff I gave you is definitely like bits, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean that's one of the things. Like I. It's all like Chit said intent or I think it's all about intent. Like right now, I don't have intent to use those on on single bases. If at some point I decide I want that to be a standalone model, then I'll probably just count it as a net zero, like an on and off, even though technically it was just in the bits box for years. You know, that that happens kind of how I reconcile. A lot of yeah. it. I don't know. For those ones specifically, I wouldn't count them at all because like I say, they were right. Yeah, to I, as, like there's other, other instances where so I would if there's something else if something from your bits box turned into a model then yeah. yeah i think net zero that but if it's a model you've already got and you've added some bits from the bits box to it that still just counts as one model it's still negative yep. one in my opinion but like we said before people are kind of holding themselves to their own standard on this really it is, it is as long as they're being consistent with themselves we're having a bit of fun with battling against each other, but really we're not battling against each other. Really, we are battling against a grey. That's the most important thing. I guess, you know, that's the end of the story for the first month. Um, we'll see everyone back here. Yeah, absolutely. God knows when you're listening to this. Um, thank God for the editors. Hopefully it will be in a decent amount of time. But we'll <laughs> see everyone next month for the February scores. Yeah, all being well, all being well, which I think is about time for us to kind of wrap up, isn't it, gentlemen? So... As always, I will end the podcast by saying the place you need to be is the Chaos Dwarfs online forum. It's the heart of our website. It's where you can get engaged in the battle against the grey. There's nothing stopping you joining battle against the grey now if you're a newcomer. There's nothing stopping you at all. Um, you can even backdate what you've already done in January if you want. And it's a place to get involved in the competitions. All of us are in the middle of a golden hat painting competition right now, and there'll be further competitions coming up. And it's a place where you can engage with all the fantastic stuff and fantastic people we keep talking about. As well as that, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, and we are on Discord as well. So there's lots and lots of places that you can come and get involved in the Chaos Dwarf online community. Uh, that's about time, though. So I will say good night from me and good night from everyone else. See you later. See you Thanks for listening. Ta-da.